0: Welcome to Coffee Pods, a 15 minute coffee length look at one of the difficult issues around the Christian healing ministry. So plug yourself in, pick up your mug of coffee, and let's go. Welcome to the third in the August Coffee Pods series under the title of What on Earth Is Jesus Doing? Today we're going to look at the story of the healing of the blind man. In Mark chapter 8. So let me just read a few verses from verse 22. They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They looked like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, don't even go into the village it's a really interesting story, and of course, the fact that Jesus prays twice has raised quite a number of questions and some fairly fanciful conjecture in the process. What happens in this story is that the people bring this man to jesus and and, and it, the first thing that Jesus does is he takes the man away from them, he takes him out. Of the village, and and you know it's amazing, isn't it, isn't it, that someone would have felt the hand of Jesus gripping their hand. They would have felt the heat of his skin, the the the, the carpenter's hands. He would have held the hand of Jesus. Those hands would eventually be stretched out on the cross. I mean, uh, just. That whole thing is just amazing uh, in itself. But at the end of the story, uh, in uh, verse 26, um, he sends the man home with the warning, don't even go into the village. And it's interesting that among the other stories that uh, are recorded uh, in the Gospels where Jesus gives instructions and, and people don't do it, it appears that this man did it he did what Jesus told him to do so Jesus has taken the man away from the crowd from these people who brought him and when he's finished with him he sends him home with the instruction don't go back don't go back into uh, the village which is a really sort of interesting um, thing it's interesting isn't it why Jesus empties houses and and throws certain people out and will only take, for instance, Peter, James and John uh, with him, and why he takes people away from crowds. Some healings are done publicly, but some are not. Some are done privately. And yes, there's a question of dignity, but there's also other issues that are involved in it. We're not told about the motives of the people who brought the man in the first place. You know, we naturally assume that they were all loving, um, caring members of the, you know, of the synagogue community or, or whatever. But we're not told whether they brought him because they wanted to see a spectacle, whether there was so much emotion about this man's condition that it wasn't helping and or whether it was just a case of cynicism. They were just wanting to say to Jesus, you can't even do this one. And of course, the um, I, the prophecy in Isaiah, Isaiah 35 about Messiah, was that when Messiah came, then the, the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. And then shall the lame man leap as a deer and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. And I don't know, we're not told what their motives were or what they were looking for, but sufficient to say that Jesus responded by taking the man away, that the condition that uh, that he was brought to and the crowd that were there were not going to help what was going to take place. Reflected too on the instruction to not go back into the village and, and you wonder if whether in spirit there was something that was unclean and unhelpful and 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 the, that was part of uh, the problem. We're not told that, but you just wonder. But also I wondered about the issue of keeping our healing. When we have received something from God like that, that we nourish it and nour- nurture it, we shepherd it, we... Care for it. It's not that it's fragile, but it is a gift. And, and you know, I, I think looking through the healing ministry, there are times when um, the things that God gives us, we have lost. And so there was just something there that made me think, hmm, perhaps that's part of the thing. Saying to the man, look, while this is fresh in your life, let it remain there. Be careful how you journey with this. Nurture it and care for it but also then jesus takes him by the hand and he just leads him away from the village and the first thing that jesus does is he spits on his eyes and i guess that's one of the questions you can ask what on earth is jesus doing I, i'd be honest i've never had a, a healing um, ministry moment where i've spat at somebody, I've heard stories of some unusual things, but I've never personally done any spitting. I, I, I guess it would be quite a, a first in many churches to say, OK, we're laying on hands over here, anointing with oil over here and spitting on you um, over here, particularly in the current season. Not a favourable thing to do. But of course, Jesus spits on the man's uh, eyes, and there are an amazing number of things, as you won't be surprised to know about why he did that. and some people have said you know that the uh, jesus the Jesus spit was uh, antiseptic and it was uh, it was anointed spit and and, and, and and a whole host of things and, and you know uh, I wasn't there, so I can't uh, tell you the mechanics of it. Of course, what it could simply also be. Is a physical action that is met with faith. And there are, of course, a number of those, uh, countless of them in the scripture. Uh, Jericho is a physical action. Mixed with faith, the the walking around the walls, the stepping out into the Red Sea uh, uh, and and also another story of stepping into the Jordan before the waters had uh, ceased. And those physical actions, those moments when God leads us to do something as a step of faith that triggers the life and the power that comes. So whatever happened with uh, the spit of Jesus as it's put on the man's eyes um, and Jesus lays his hands on him. And we're not told what happens, whether Jesus prays or speaks over him. But actually, the thing that he does say is, do you see anything? And uh, the man looks up and he says, I see people, uh, they look like trees walking around. And and some people have, uh, some uh, commentators have suggested that the man um, having that memory of a blurred vision, perhaps he went blind gradually, but could still remember the days when he saw things blurred as sight uh, deteriorated uh, for him. So the next element is that uh, once more, verse 25, Jesus puts his hands on the man's eyes. And and that process almost completes a something uh, because it then says, then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. Now, In commentating, and actually I've heard some preachers on this same thing, have used this story to encourage us that if we've prayed something and it hasn't happened, um, and you can hear them just saying it, well, look, even Jesus had to pray twice for the blind man, as if... That is what's going on here. And, and it's almost the implication is that Jesus was having a bit of a bad day and maybe it wasn't quite flowing in the way that it should. And I don't know what they're trying to do. They're trying to encourage us to to not lose hope. But I think there are other uh, scriptures and other stories where we could look to to not lose hope. I think something else is happening here that is really quite uh, significant. And quite profound. Uh, as Acorn, we've learnt over the last few years, particularly, that the, the way that we give, uh, we release healing to people, and the way that people receive healing are not necessarily always in sync, they're not necessarily on the same wavelength. So, for example, I I put it like this. If I have a bucket of water and I take a traditional glass milk bottle and from three feet in height, I pour the entire contents of the bucket of water into the neck of the bottle. Yeah, you've got it. Most of the water won't get inside. Most of it will be spilt. Because the ability to receive the water and the ability to release the water are not at the same magnitude. So we've reflected on that, you know, it, about how, as the Holy Spirit leads us, how we impart and release healing to people, as well as how we can help them to receive it. And it's an ongoing thing. And i be absolutely honest, we're still learning that process um, almost every time we pray with and for someone. So what is happening with this man? Well, one of the things that is interesting in this is that this is a process and, and some healing comes as process. Some comes in a moment of of, of wonder, uh, of that that instant crisis, and and it's there and it's done. Uh, And I love the immediate healings in the Gospels, and I love it when God heals people immediately as we pray. But also there are times when uh, the Bible will say uh, about people who were healed, about the lepers, as they went. And for others, it will say from that moment on. And so there is some element of process. But, of course, bear in mind that the process is not on God's ability necessarily to deliver it to us, but it's our ability about how it's received. So how about this in the story? Uh, I say to people, have you ever woken up in the morning? To which the answer is yes. Um, what happens to you when you wake up in the morning? Well, I don't know if you're like me, um, your eyes open and you have uh, vision, you have sight, you can see stuff, right? Uh, but actually, it takes a little bit of time before your eyes really focus. And, and can I be honest, it gets worse as you get older, doesn't it? And sometimes it's not until you put your glasses on that you can see that. But actually, when you wake up, isn't it interesting? You can see the light, you can see the shape, and it's only sometimes a few seconds until you get focus. So perhaps in this story, Jesus is meeting this man's need because this is how this man needs to receive. Perhaps in his first prayer, the man's sight is being restored. He can see the outline of stuff. But perhaps in the second stage of healing, Jesus restores focus to him. The first prayer gives vision, sight. The second prayer gives focus. And in fact, in uh, verse 25, it actually hints at that. His eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. He had focus. So actually, in answer to the question, what on earth is Jesus doing, spitting, but also needing to pray twice, well, my thought is that perhaps this is what the guy needed himself. And Jesus was ministering healing to him in the way that he needed to receive it. And that process of the restoring of vision and sight and then the recovery of focus. So typical of Jesus to do it in the way that we need it to be done. So let's pray today. Father, we thank you that you come to us in the way that we need, that you release life to us in the way that we can receive it. And so I pray today in Jesus' name, Lord, I ask that you would release life to us today, that it might come to us in the way that all of it gets inside us and that none of it is lost. And Father, I pray for those who've received healing in the past. Lord, I ask today that your spirit will breathe upon them and quicken them, that they may nurture and treasure the gift that you have already given them. And that, Lord, as we receive healing, we might also live in it and keep it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on Coffee Pods today. We appreciate you giving us the time. If you've got any comments or questions, then please do let us have them at info at acornchristian.org. And we look forward to meeting you again.